a few, actually, a few months ago, I, I preached a, a homily on the Trinity and kind of spoke pretty heavily on the difference between knowing and loving. And how if we want to understand the Trinity, we really want to understand our lives, we have to understand knowing, and we have to understand loving. Knowing always comes before loving. If we get to know somebody, then we have the freedom to love them. If we don't know somebody, then we don't have the freedom to love them. And that dynamic is very, very important in Catholicism, knowing and loving. But today, in today's scriptures, we're looking at another word, another dynamic that I think better forms and better shapes knowing and loving and really kind of gives, gives better, if you will, being to it so that we can kind of understand how to know and how to love. And that word that is introduced in today's first reading and later implemented in today's gospel is wisdom. Wisdom. Wisdom's not a word that we often talk about in today's day and age. Wisdom's not the virtue that it once was. Back in the day, especially whenever the book of wisdom was being written, we're talking about the height of Socratic philosophy. That's whenever the Greeks kind of had a, a huge sway based off of using philosophy to kind of understand and basically shape and form reason. And people thought wisdom was one of the highest goods you can achieve. But the problem is today's day and age, it's hard to define wisdom. What really is it? How do we really know what wisdom is? And there's a lot of ways to define it, and there's a lot of different definitions. And it ultimately is a hard thing to really pin down. But I would argue that wisdom fundamentally shows us what we should love the most. Wisdom prioritizes that what we know we should love or should not love. So for instance, let's say we might be, you know, let's well, hypothetical. Let's say we're in the Navy and we happen to know a lot of sin, a lot of bad things that go on. Maybe we're in part of the chain of command. We have to do a lot of things that we, you know, deal with, do a lot of investigations and a lot of questioning and a lot of things like that. And what happens, we ultimately get to know sin very, very well. Wisdom would show, okay, we might know a lot about that, that doesn't mean we love it. Wisdom shows that while we might know a lot about something, we don't necessarily know, we, don't, we know that it's better not to love that. Or we know that it's better that that's not a high priority. You know, it's, an, it's important to do well in your career, it's important to do well in your job, but it's more important to take care of your children. It's more important to take care of, of your faith. These things require wisdom. And wisdom basically is that, that rudder that, that navigates us throughout life so we know what is most important and we know what's not really that important. And that's kind of how basically Jesus shows us and how to, how to ultimately have wisdom in our life. And he shows us that very clearly in today's parable. He shows us ten virgins, five of which are wise, five of which are foolish. The wise ones and the foolish ones. And ultimately, what you can see ultimately with these, these virgins is the dynamic of wisdom versus fool, foolishness. And what we see here is that the wise virgins knew and had the wisdom to prepare. They were aware that ultimately that what, what they were waiting for was really, really, really important. They were aware that what they were waiting for had high value. And they didn't want to miss it. 
They didn't want to be caught meeting the bridegroom without oil in their lamps. They didn't want to be caught meeting, because the bridegroom here is Jesus Christ, they didn't want to be caught meeting Jesus not prepared. What Jesus is doing in today's gospel is he's outlining and explaining the second coming. You see, we believe fundamentally that Jesus came once. In fact, we're going to celebrate Jesus coming once at Christmas time. We're very excited about that. But ultimately, we believe fundamentally because he says over and over again that he's going to come again. And we don't know the time. We don't know the hour. But ultimately, what do we need? We need to be ready. We need to prepare. It could be in five minutes. It could be in 500 years. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, we are these virgins awaiting our bridegroom. And so ultimately, what Jesus invites us to is to adopt a sense of wisdom, to have wisdom, to be these wise virgins, and ultimately being wise in the sight of this. And so then that bears the question, how do we foster wisdom? How do we really foster the ability to know what to love and to know what to love most importantly? What's the key? And you can look, actually, surprise, surprise, you can look in the Book of Wisdom and find it. The Book of Wisdom says very specifically that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now, you might be wondering, wow, Father, I thought we weren't supposed to be afraid of God. I thought we were supposed to love God. I thought we were supposed to see God as somebody that, you know, is our friend, as somebody somebody that we're close to. I didn't think we were supposed to be afraid of him. And the answer is, eh, yes and no. On the one hand, it's not a bad thing to be afraid of God insofar as the consequences of crossing him are pretty bad and pretty eternal. But on the other hand, being afraid of somebody doesn't necessarily mean you don't love them. In fact, it might actually mean you love them more. We do things all the time out of fear for our loved ones. Gentlemen, why do you remember your anniversaries? Because if you don't, your loved one will kill you. All right, that's genuine fear. All right, and is that healthy? I think so. I think it's a good thing. I don't want a whole bunch of dead men in this church. I want them to be alive and well and healthy. All right, but the point being is like you fear, but you don't necessarily fear violence. I mean, I hope you don't. If you do, we need to talk about that, ladies. All right, but you don't hopefully don't fear violence from your spouse, hopefully what you're fearing is disappointing her. It's ultimately disappointing her and letting her down. That's what we mean whenever we talk about fear of God. We're not talking about just just being afraid of God's wrath. There's an element to that. I'm not going to discount it at all. But ultimately to really love the Lord and to really be wise around Him and to truly fear God, our fear has to be rooted in not disappointing Him. This is what we call filial fear, the fear that a son has toward his father. Not out of fear of his father hurting him, but out of fear of hurting his father. That's the beginning of wisdom. And that's ultimately the greatest fear you and I are called to have in life. And if we're honest, that's pretty hard. We've got a lot of fears, especially, you know, just think about life in general. A lot of the ways and really some of our greatest motivations are motivated by fear. I'll give you an example. Every time I come on a base, the first thing I do is not make the sign of the cross, although I probably should. The first thing I do is check to see where my ID is. Why? 
Because I'm terrified of being that person, that guy, who gets turned around at the gate because he can't, have, can't find his ID. All right? That is a genuine fear of mine. All right? Why do I, why do I work and put on my uniform correctly? Because I'm afraid of that chief or that RP or whatever, that third class. Hey, what are you, why, are you, why is your hat on backwards? You know, like I, there is a fear of humiliation. These fears dictate my life, and I think it dictates many of our lives. Ultimately, these fears of humiliation. But what Jesus is inviting to is not to let these be the priority. We're not called to live in this fear of humiliation. We're not called to live in this fear of violence. We're called to live in a fear of love. And a fear shaped by love. And what does that look like? It's not a fear of, of ultimately being hurt by God. It's a fear of hurting God. And if there's anything this parable shows, if there's anything that Catholicism shows, is that that is the beginning of wisdom.